welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devat Torah called Parshas Shemois, The Secret to Success. Shalom Vrocha. In this week's Parsha, Parshas Shemois, we know the Pasuk says about Miriam that she stood next to her baby brother, Moshe Rabbeinu, as he was being hidden by his mother, Yochevet, in a basket in the Nile, it says his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done with him. The Gemara in Soita Daftes Bey says that Miriam waited for Moshe, and in, and with that merit, Mida Keneged Mida, also all of Bnei Israel waited for Miriam when she had to be in isolation until she came back out. And the question begs itself, what was what what was the schus? Why did Miriam merit this idea that all of Amishra were going to wait for her for a whole seven days? So one can say, yeah, she cared for Moshe Rabbeinu, she waited to see what was going to happen with him. But it seems like there's something a lot deeper than that. In order for you to be worthy of have that HaKadosh Buhu decided all of Amishra is going to wait for you for a whole seven days. It seems like there's something a lot deeper than that idea. So, in order to answer this question, first, we have to understand, based on the Gemara and Soito over there, that talks about what happened with Miriam and, in general, Nitzhiyas Misaim, what exactly happened? The Jewish history of that moment was that her father, Miriam's father, which is Zipporah's husband, Amram, well, he was the God of Lador then. He was the leader of the Jewish people. And when he heard Paro's decree that all the male babies were going to be thrown into the Nile and murdered, so he did a cheshman and he said, wait a second, what's the point of me being married still? All that's going to happen is kids are going to be killed. And therefore he made a decision to divorce his wife, Yochevet. And as a result, and this is in Tzchus, we're talking about all the nation, they did whatever the God of Ador did. And because he divorced his wife, so too the rest of the nation did the same, and they followed by his example. But as a result, his daughter Miriam told her father, as it says in the Gemara and Soita, that his decree is actually worse than the Paro's decree. The Gemara over there says for many reasons, but the main one being that Paro's decree was only to throw the males into the, to the Nile and kill them. Whereas Amram's actions would actually prevent the births of boys and girls as well. As a result of this vara, Amram listened to what she had to say and decided to remarry Yochevet in a public ceremony in a way that everyone would be able to emulate him and as well remarry their wives. And so that is what happened. Right after Yochevet became pregnant and with, lo and behold, the future leader of the Jewish people, which is Moshe Rabbeinu. And as we know, the house was filled with light, etc. And as a result of this, the father, Amram, kissed his daughter Miriam on the forehead. This is all the Gemara. And it says, Look, your prophecy has been fulfilled. However, then he was a bit disappointed when Moshe had to be thrown into the Nile because they were, I mean, not thrown, but hidden in a basket in the Nile because they were worried the Egyptians will pick up on it. So then Amram told, told Miriam, now what happened to your great prophecy? Now, based on this background, Rabbi Sachal Frand Shlita says that now perhaps we can understand the deeper idea 
why Miriam indeed received was it received this reward that all of Amishal will wait for for seven days when she was punished and and had to be in isolation for seven days. That's because when she stood next to her baby brother Moshe Rabbeinu, it's a continuation of her thinking process. The same way she told her father, Amram, how can you how can you do such a thing? How can you divorce your wife and not have kids? To, for the continuation of the Jewish people, because her emunah, her belief in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and her not willing to be mitiyash and give up hope, but rather she knew the redemption will come. Hashem will save us. Of course, we have to do our best to continue the Jewish life. And therefore, it's thanks to that that she really deserved to get this, the whole nation to wait for us for seven days. Because this would be the reason to continue the Jewish people. In short, her maintaining hope that HaKadosh Buhu will save us and there will be a future for the Jewish people is what, is the reason she deserved to have all the Jewish people away for her. The Izipso Rebbe ex- says a beautiful idea that demonstra- demonstrates this, the same idea of not giving up hope. And he says, we all know that there's a famous law that when a person loses one's object, so once he gives us he gives up hope, which is called Yehush, Yehush Baalim, once the owner gives up hope of ever getting it back, then indeed the person that start, that finds it after that is entitled to keep it. But as long as the person does not give up hope, then it's Nakshav that you're stealing. You can't take it. Why? So he explains the deep idea over here is that the only thing that actually continues to connect this person to his object is the fact he doesn't give up hope. But the second the person loses hope, that's it. Any connection to the object has gone. That is why it is so destructive to give up hope. It doesn't matter what the situation we are in. It is so important to keep to keep our hopes alive. Whether it's a person sick, or whether it's the potential redemption, it doesn't matter. That's what Hashem wants us to have. Never to be mitiyash. As the Gemara says, I think it's the Gemara in Pachos Tafyud, Afilu Cherev Chadam Unachat Al Shel Adam. Even if a, sword, a very sharp sword is literally touching a person's neck, he shouldn't give up hope. Alim We should still daven to Hashem. And that is exactly the way Miriam lived her life. She would never give up hope, and that's what she so showed to her, to her father. And he said, how can you do this? How can you divorce your wife and not have kids? There's hope. It's going to be okay. And that's why she stayed outside to see, let's see what's going to happen with Moshe Rabbeinu, my brother. I'm sure it's going to be okay. And indeed, it was okay. It was more than okay. And it probably was planned as such by HaKadosh Baruch Hu that will be like that, because that ensured that the spiritual DNA of the Jewish people will have this idea of never to give up hope. And indeed, what happened... The daughter of Par himself came and tried to help her. And Miriam said, Oh, do you want me to find you someone to feed him? Because Moshe Rabbeinu, being the holy person that he was, he wasn't willing to have the milk from, from people non-Jewish. So she ended up bringing his own mother, i.e. her mother, to, to feed him. And she even got paid for that. But at the end of the day, it's all thanks to the hope that Miriam was showing us. This idea of having hope for the redemption, for the Gula, is such an intrinsic idea in being Jewish that Ad Kedekach, the Rosh, Rishoin, 
in Parashas Boy, he says, how come the Tan Zaviram was Zoyche to be redeemed from, from Mitzrayim? Why were they saved? They were mamish wicked people. They were Rishayim Gmurim. How come they were saved? And he answers, because they didn't give up hope. They had the Emunah, the faith in HaKadosh Buhu that he was going to save them and redeem and, and, and take out all the Jewish people. And just because of that, they were Zoyche and merited to be saved. So that can give one, a person, indeed, excuse the pun, a lot of hope. Look at this. They were Rishayim, wicked people, but still, it's just thanks to the fact that they believed in the Kaddish Buhu and didn't give up hope that he was going to save the whole Jewish people, that they deserved and merited to be saved. This idea of not having Yush and having faith that everything's going to be okay and the Kaddish Buhu is going to save us is on many levels, both a personal and a general level, and it's very important. Not just having a positive attitude, which is important as it is, but it's a lot deeper than that. We know that the Rambam includes this idea of Emunah and Akadish Bucha and the Gula as one of his Yud Gimli Kalim, principle of faith. The Gemara tells us that when one, one of the first questions a person will be asked in the next world, in the Lama Ba'ez, Did you anticipate the redemption? The Smak asks why this is so important especially seeing that it seems like there's no explicit mitzvah to anticipate the redemption. So where is it coming from? And he explains that it's part of the mitzvah of emunah, in HaKadosh Bohu. That it's part of the mitzvah of believing that the world was created for a purpose and it will indeed reach its purpose as we know that Ramchal speaks at length in Dat Tfunot about this idea. Tzadok HaKoyen Milublin says and he asks the question, he says, Why is it that Avram and Sarah had a, had a kid, Yitzchak, only when they were so old? Hare, we know HaKadosh Baruch doesn't like to add more miracles if he doesn't, he doesn't need to, in order to... So, so why did he do, do that? Why, why didn't he ha- ensure they have a kid at an early age? And he answers, because they were the continuation. They were get, the whole nation will be built from this son, from Yitzchak. And they want, he wanted to ensure that the idea of not giving up hope, they could have easily given up hope. What, they're already turning 99, 100, they're going to have a kid? No. The idea of not giving up hope is so essential, has to be part of the spiritual DNA of the Jewish people, and that can only come about if they would have a kid at such an older age and beat, fight their Yetzirah, and indeed show HaKadosh Buhu that they did not give up hope. And that's what happened. Same thing that the Zohar Kaddish says over here as well. That the whole Ummah, the whole nation, will be built from Yitzchak. And therefore a person should ensure that he never gives up hope. This idea of never giving up hope is essential. I remember when I was part of a basketball team during my youth, that straight away before we got onto the court and started playing a game, you can already tell if we would win or we had no chance. Why? Because you could saw, you could see straight away if people gave up hope before they even started to play. It doesn't matter why, because where you're playing, who the players on the other team look like, it doesn't matter. But, yeu- but having Yehush is the worst thing. A person should never have Yehush. And it's very important to also have friends that never have Yehush. They'll always give you positive enforcement, and they'll tell you it's going to be okay. And it's important a person feels like that. We have no idea, as we spoke about in the past, the Shpuchu created especially the Jewish people with the way that our 
המחשבות have such huge impacts that a person should always believe that everything is going to be okay and for the best and that's how Kaddish Buchu indeed created the world. I'll just end with a short story. It's a very famous story even though I don't like to say stories about the Holocaust but I think this one really brings the point home. I don't remember which Rebbe, which Admo it was. I'm sure some of you that are listening to this know but it was during the Holocaust and it was Hanukkah and and with Siata Dishma, even though it was almost impossible to to get this, they were able to find one light, Mikaladim. We know every night you just need to light one light. He, anyways, it was the first night, so it doesn't matter. And they got some old oil and they found a shoelace and they put it together. And this Rabbi, the Sadmo, he's making the brachas. And we know on the first night we say three brachas. The first two are Lehad Likner Shil Chanukah, Shasanisim Lavoiseinu. And the third one is Shechianu. Hashem Shechianu Vekiyaman, that we were Zoche, that we merited to reach this point in life. So he said the first two brachas, as a lot of Jews over there are hiding in the darkness so that uh, they won't find them. And then he hesitates a bit, and then he goes on with the third bracha and he says, Shechianu. And when he finished, one person over there came up to him and he said, Rabbi, how can we say Shechianu? Look what's happening around us. Everyone's getting killed. And we're saying a bracha. I understand why we say the two first blessings. But the third blessing, to say Shechianu, thank you Hashem for allowing us to reach this stage, it sounds a bit ludicrous. How can it be? So the Rebbe said, good question. I was also thinking about it as I was about to say the third bracha, the third blessing. I don't know if you noticed I hesitated. And then I was thinking to myself, it's unbelievable. Despite the fact we're in, the situation we're all in, Despite that fact, and look how many Jews are not giving up hope and believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the Emunah will come and that we will have, the Emunah continues and we have faith in Hashem that the redemption will come. That's unbelievable. That in itself is a reason to say Shechianu. Iratzon, that we'll have the Kochot throughout our lives to never have Yehush and know that everything's for the best and is especially true in our days today. No one's gonna, no one really knows what what's going to happen tomorrow but everyone knows or should know or should feel this that it's all part of a big plan and the truth will prevail which is the geula v'mirah have a good shot this is the prism of Torah podcast Rebasaf Aaron Prisman please share with your friends and family prismoftorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divrei Torah. You can contact us through the website. Once again, prismoftorah.com This podcast was produced for free by Ellie Podcast Production. Lunishmas, Leibas Yonah, Yaakov Alexander Ben Mordechai Doiv, Yisrael Isaac Ben Moshe.